it's God first, other second, yourself third. The unique and cool thing about it is if you have that perspective, it comes back around to benefit you. Iwoo Hoops presents The Pursuit. Go inside the locker room as Iwoo Hoops trades the pursuit of me for the pursuit of three. Welcome to episode 4.15 of The Pursuit. I'm Jeff Clark, one of the basketball coaches at Indiana Wesleyan. In today's episode, you'll go inside two of the biggest moments of our season, hearing from Kanan Coffey and Evan Maxwell about game-winning, buzzer-beating shots they hit this year. We're joined now by Evan Maxwell, and we're talking about a game in January against Marion. But before we get there, I want to rewind uh, to the day before. We had talked a few episodes ago about some of the sessions that you, Seth, and I had on Friday afternoons when we'd get together and we'd shoot and we'd pray, and then we'd go eat lunch, and we just had some time together, and we kind of combined doing something spiritually but doing something basketball-wise. And I remember the day before the Marion game, you were just stroking the ball. And Seth and I were trying to keep up, but you were making every shot, and you were making it from deep. What did those times together on Friday mean for you in your season? Um, I think practically just confidence, um, just being able to get shots up and in a fun way. I mean, we never did anything super intense, never sweat a ton. Maybe that day I was probably sweating a little bit. Um, But it was just like a couple guys getting together, getting some shots up, competing a little bit with some fun games. Um, And then like that spiritual growth is what, I mean, always takes everything to another level. Um, And so that camaraderie, obviously, we work together every day in practice. You work with the bigs. Seth and I battle against each other, but then also um, split time with each other and stuff. So that was really important, I think, for us to definitely get closer during the season. And I believe that was our first time getting together and shooting because it was the first week of class after finals. And the next day you go out against Marion – and you just go off. So through the game, you were 15 for 22. You were 5 for 8 from 3. You scored 39 points. What do you remember about just being in rhythm and being in the zone throughout that game leading up to the final shot? Um, I mean, a lot of it is just knowing it's a big game, being ready for it. Had a big-time matchup with Reggie. Um, it's just exciting whenever you get to play against a, a guy with talent or a guy with size for me. Um, and so I just – I mean, a lot of it is just – you look at the film, it's not like I was dribbling and just forcing my way into the paint, but like the way that my teammates were getting me the ball, um, I mean, it looks nice on the stat sheet, but I mean, the, all those plays, half of them were probably just made by another teammate. Um, it just ends up looking good for me. Um, but I mean, that's what I can think of. Just, I mean, even right there, Kyle has seven assists and Joel has seven assists. Grant has four assists. Like, Everybody has assists except for me, so it's like, <laughs> you know, like that was a team effort, and, and they were finding me the ball, giving me the confidence, um, and obviously, I mean, shooting is something that last year was like the first year I ever did it, and ever since then, people have been speaking life into me. Since the very beginning of the, the season, it's like, hey, man, shoot it, have confidence, shoot it, shoot it, shoot it. So even through slumps, it's like my teammates have my back, coaches giving me confidence, um, that's huge going into a game like that. But what's it like in those games where you just find the zone? What are you feeling? Um, I mean, obviously it feels really good. and uh, when It's almost like you black out sometimes just feeling that, that confidence. Um, but it was just a ton of fun. Like I just remember 
um, just having t- tons of fun, being able to be, play fearlessly. Uh, that's something like if you could, I mean, any player, I tell them all, like if you just can forget about technique and any of that and play fearlessly, then like you can reach your full potential. And that's something I think in that game specifically, um, I think I felt there was no fear and it was a close game, but I never doubted myself. I never doubted the team. And because of that, I mean, our team came out on top and I just ended up being the benefit of some good assists. You know what I mean? And as we recollected after that game, we're not sure there's ever been a game we've been a part of where, the, where that many high-level individual plays. There were so many high-level players on the court. It was back and forth with guys making shots, making plays for their teammates. And it came down with uh, 19 seconds left. TJ Henderson, who's a phenomenal player for Marion. Who, Marion was a great team with a lot of talent. He made a three to tie it up. So we had 19 seconds left. It was a big-time shot he made, but we knew we were going to get the final shot. Take us through, from your memory, those next 19 seconds. Uh, Well, he hit that shot over my contest, (laughs) and I was aware of that. Um, I think, obviously, in the back of my mind, I was aware. We were tied, so there's a little bit of an edge off, but it was like he just hit a really tough shot. I think going into the next possession, I was probably thinking about that, wanting to make up for it. Um, Play calls, like, I don't know. I thought it was just, I'm going to set a flat for Kyle. Um, And I think somebody was calling through and other people were calling (laughs) something. And I thought Coach T was like, just go get Kyle, go get Kyle, go get Kyle. So I'm like, all right, sweet. Um, I go get Kyle and it's like, no, 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 no. And then he like passes it. And so then I just went to screen for Joel because I was already up there. I was like, I'm just going to screen and pop and see what happens. Um, Screen for Joel. I pop. He trusts me. Give me the ball. And I mean, the second I caught the ball, I knew it was going in like before I even shot it. It's just one of those moments. Not an arrogant thing at all. I don't think I was thinking game winner at all. It was just like, all right, shots here. Um, I just got scored on down to the other end. I'm knocking this one down. Um, And it goes in. And in my mind, it's not a surprise it goes in because I knew that it was going to go in. Um, But I also didn't know what moment was happening. I didn't know what was on the line with that shot. It was just a in that moment, it felt like the night before, like or the the after the day before, shooting those shots. It felt the same thing, just shooting a shot in rhythm and in confidence. And then the next thing you know, I am against the scorers table <laughs> with the entire student body around me. Somebody hugging me and grabbing me, people yelling at me, pushing me, and it's like not have a clue. Like I didn't know what was going on. And in the process, I'm like, oh, that was a game winner. Oh, I hit the game winner. Oh, that's what all this excitement is about. And it's just one of those things, like, I look back, and it was such a special moment. Um, not everybody gets the opportunity to have a moment like that. Um, so I'm just extremely grateful. And, again, without Joel passing me the ball and trusting me, um, I mean, the smarter play would have probably would have been to drive and at least try to get fouled make a layup, but um, he trusted me in that moment. Same thing with me. The smarter play would have just been to post up and seal down low, maybe draw a foul, get to I mean, the tie game. But in games like that, emotions are going. Um, you just play, and, and – I mean, it, it obviously worked out to be a great memory for me. So, And there's always this wrestle as a coach. Do we call a timeout and set something up, or do we let our guys make a play? And the fearless mentality, obviously, we want our guys to play in freedom. So right. if there's time, we want to allow space to make a play. But we were calling for something completely different than the play that ended up happening. And I think some people in the crowd were like, what is happening? Because yeah. <laughs> Mangus dribbles for a little while, then he throws it to Joel, and you – set a half ball screen and popped at like 26 feet. But you let it go in freedom and it goes in. 
you you talked a little bit about the the celebration. What's it like to be part of the moment like that? Because you got a whole team behind you, but also a whole student body behind you. It was rocking in that crowd. Why is there more meaning for these moments when there's this many people behind you? Um, I think it's humbling. I mean, I just that makes me think of many times on the free throw line, questioning myself, and then hearing the student body, or hearing my mom whistle, or hearing encouragement from teammates and like those moments you're just like wow this is so much bigger than me and and the support it's like you feel physically held up there so I think in that moment it was like just felt great because it was it wasn't even support it was celebration you know my teammates were celebrating and the 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 fans were celebrating and like in the moment I mean I just was realizing that we won the game and the special thing about being like in a program like this is that um, I've been conditioned to not think about myself in a moment like that, and especially even when shooting the shot. Because if I was thinking about myself and thinking about how this was my moment, I'm not making that shot, you know. Um, but because of the student body, because of the fans, um, because of the the teammates, like having my back, support, and I mean, a shot like that just doesn't come because the night happened. It's because the night before shooting with you, the game leading up into that point. Um, the last 10 years of me playing basketball and learning how to shoot and being a 6'10 guy who has to figure out how to shoot on the court without being um, a liability or whatever, like all of those things go into that and just makes for a special moment. And I got to be on the receiving end of that moment and it's super special. And there's just something special about doing it with people you love. Yeah, I, th- sure. I think of, we're going to be talking to Kane in the second half about a game winner he hit. And Tough. when that went Tough. in, there's there's moments where you don't know how you're going to respond, and pure emotion comes out. And Trevor Waite uh, came and embraced me, and we had probably a minute hug where he was just weeping. And it's those small moments when you're on a team where something special happens. I'll never forget that moment in my life because I've been through so many ups and downs with Trevor, and I, I love him like a son and like a brother. And to have that moment to see you make a shot like that after going through so many things – why is it so valuable to be on a team where there's these deep relationships when you have that on-court success? I mean, it's hard to put into words, especially being somebody who's been to other places where it's not like that. Um, and it, honestly, it's something that you just can't explain. I mean, I would love to, but like, um, I don't know. I just think, speaking of Kanan and, and him hitting that shot, since you'll hear about it in the other half of the episode, um, it was cool to be on the other end of that, just seeing a teammate, like, I mean, the story for him, like, how many shots did he hit earlier in the game, and he hits this tough shot, and watching him shoot it, never once did I doubt, because when I see him shoot that in that split second, I think about the hours, and hours, and hours, and every single day that I walked in the gym, thinking I was the first one there, and, well, Kanan beat me there again, (laughs) or whatever, seeing him put in that work in the weight room, um, just the work that he's put in with other people, seeing all that. And when he lets it go, it's like, I mean, I, I guess that's the best way I can explain it. And and I, I can't speak for other people, but when, when I shot it, there were probably other people who felt the same way about me. And that says nothing about um, my glory or Kanan's glory or glorifying Kanan for putting in the hard work, but why he does it and why this program plays fearlessly is because of God, because we're all here by the grace of God, and he's teaching us humility, and that's why he blesses us in those moments, and that's why it's so special, because it's not about us, and at the end of the day, who cares about a win against Marion when we're all looking Jesus face to face in heaven? I mean, who cares? But 
hopefully somebody in that crowd was able to see Evan's fearlessness, Kanan's fearlessness, hearing this podcast saying there's so much more than making that shot. You have to put, first of all, hours and hours and hours of work in, but then also there's the aspect of giving the glory to God. Not in that shot, but in every single day you put on your shoes and go out there and whatever it is, playing basketball, being a coach, being a teacher, being a friend, every single little moment, giving the glory to God, those are the moments that angels in heaven are celebrating the fact that you did something nice for somebody else, you sacrificed, you served somebody. Those are the moments that are game winners. They're so small. It's stuff we talk about all year, seeing the unseen. That's the unseen of a shot like that is the moment the day before where God was glorified by the fact that we got shots up and put into work, but then also had an emotional time where we prayed and opened our hearts up, poured our hearts out to each other and poured our hearts out to God. Like That's what it's all about. And one of the best examples of guys on our team who puts in all these small moments is Cannon Coffee. And in the second half, we're going to be hearing from him about a game winner he hit later in the year. This podcast was created to take you behind the scenes of building an I Am Third culture in a basketball program. But IW Hoops believes this philosophy can translate to any context. As we enter this one-minute halftime, we want to let you hear from our sponsor, Insurance Management Group, who is building a culture of I Am Third in the insurance industry right here in Indiana. Here's IMG President Trent Daly. Pursuing the I Am Third lifestyle has helped me grow as a leader in all aspects of life. Putting God first, my colleagues and customers second, and myself third has impacted IMG in ways I couldn't have imagined. At IMG, we have a passion for people and helping them achieve their goals. We are not just an insurance agency. We are a culture and an experience. You should expect more from your insurance agent. Visit us now at www.insmgt.com. Now back to the second half. Joined again by Kane and Coffee. Kane, a few episodes ago, you were in talking about the Goshen loss and the role fear played. Why, for a shooter, is, is fear such a big thing to deal with? So, as a shooter, um, like we were talking about, you know, you, the best shooters miss six out of 10. And so, um, I think a lot of times we, we put so much pressure on ourselves as shooters because we know, A, how important you know, the role of the three-pointers becoming the game and, and B, just because it could be momentum shifts and stuff like that. So I think as a shooter, um, recognizing that you're going to fail more than you're successful and just being able to um, dig into that mentality and realizing like, okay, if I don't hit a shot, like think about all the shots I've made in my life and just, um, you know, all the time you've put in and stuff like that. And so that's definitely the hardest thing is um, – you know, those times when shots aren't falling, but you know you've put all the time in and stuff like that, and you've committed to it, you've worked hard, and um, the results aren't showing, that's when you got to be mentally tough and uh, stick with it and just know that um, the hard work will pay off if you just stay consistent with it. And in coaching, we find it's really one of the unexplored areas because take you, for instance, you you probably put more time in the gym shooting than as much as anyone we've ever had, I think of other guys like DJ Benger who lived in the gym, Kyle Mangus now, obviously. There's a lot of guys, but you spend as much time as, as any guy we've had, and that can be really important. But also being able to shoot with a clear and free mind mm, is as important as just working hard because you can have the technique down, but if fear's getting in the way, it's going to be hard Absolutely. to shoot at a high level. Yeah, definitely. 
So let's move into the Marion game. We're in the, the conference semifinals, and it starts poorly. We get down 17 in the first half. At halftime, we, we regather, we, we come back, but then they stretch to a, a 63-46 to 46 lead with 10 minutes and 27 seconds to play. So we're down 17, a quarter of the game left. What's going through your mind? So at that point, you know, we kind of coming out of halftime, you know, kind of cut the lead a little bit, but, you know, they just kept hitting shots. They kept um, getting stops. And, you know, like you said, we, we were under 50 points with 10 minutes left. And um, I think, again, you know, that fear kind of crept in a little bit. But I think in those huddles, it was such a different feeling than the Goshen game. Um, you know, guys were you – could, you could tell by the look in guys' eyes that – that we weren't going to go down without a fight and that we weren't just going to give up. Um, and so guys just kept, kept battling and, and sure enough, minute by minute, we kept coming back and breaking it down, breaking the lead. And there is this sense and you can't articulate it, but there's times when you're getting beat and you just believe and you can see it in huddles and in the Goshen game, we didn't see it, but in the Marion game, there were times we saw it. and Trevor Wade actually even brought up a moment in the game when we're down big, but you went and you just, uh, shared a, a scripture verse that had apparently been meaningful for you guys when it came to fear. What's that verse and what's the, the importance that it had for you guys in that moment? Yeah, so in the second half of the season, I kind of clung to the verse, 2 Timothy 1.7, where it says, For God did not give us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and self-control. And so I think that that had kind of just been like, that verse, whenever I looked to it, it would reassure my identity and realize that, um, man, if I'm playing fearful, it's because I'm playing for myself hmm. and I'm playing for performance-based identity. Um, I'm playing for how many shots I make and all that stuff. And when I looked at that verse, it realigned my identity and um, recognized that, man, I'm out there and my one goal each time I go out on the court is to be to glorify Christ. And when I do that, I, I can play in a fearless mentality. And so, yeah, with with I don't remember how, many, how much time was left, but we were down big and Evan was at the free throw line. He shot his first free throw, and then, um, you know, I looked at him right in the eye, and I, I said that verse, and, you know, he kind of got fired up. And, um, yeah, man, there's a way. I just think that, that Scripture is powerful, and just being able to share that with another another guy, especially a teammate, um, was something that, you know, might have fueled him and, and kind of re- reassured him that, man, we're out here for a bigger purpose rather than just to try to get a win or try to make shots. So And it is – Interesting to contrast that to the Goshen game when you said in the previous episode, so many guys were going and trying to make something happen with good intentions, but for themselves mm-hmm. to instead have the focus in another place in that moment and to see how it played out after that. I, I remember one specific huddle about five minutes left and you just had this look in your eye and I said, you're going to hit a big one, Caden. <laughs> you remember what happened then? Yeah. Yeah. So then we went out and a couple possessions later, I hit a three. I think it was right in front of our bench. And you turned and pointed right at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I, just had, you know, when a coach puts that confidence in you and you hit one, you just kind of get fired up. And, and, you know, that was pretty big, but I didn't really know that there was going to be another one later <laughs> on. What's interesting now is we talked, I think there were maybe four times this year when I said that, and in every single one of those games – you hit a big one. Mm-hmm. But when you hit that one, I was like, man, he, he went out and he did it. Yeah. But then let's fast forward – because uh, obviously we were able to to cut the lead down. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had not had to lead the entire game. But um, we're sitting at the free throw line late in the game. 
take us inside that moment. What was going on in your mind? What was going on inside the, the player conversation? And then what happened? So I remember there were one of their best players at the free throw line, TJ Henderson. And, um, you know, he, we didn't call a timeout. And I don't even know if we had any, but uh, he was on the free throw line with about seven seconds left. And I just remember looking at a couple guys and, you know, in my mind, I was thinking, okay, Kyle or Grant, they're just going to get the ball and, you know, race down and get fouled or hit a free throw, um, you know, to keep us in this game and had, had to overtime or win it. Um, you know, and initially I thought Kyle, just Kyle's, um, you know, clutching those moments. And um, But meanwhile, a couple other guys had been talking about a certain play that we were going to be running. And so – Anyways, after Henderson shot a second free throw, I think we were all just kind of still like, okay, what are we going to do? We never really made a, a certain decision. At least this is for me looking at it. And all of a sudden, the ball gets inbounded to Grant. And I was like, okay. And if, if I can pause real quick. From the bench, we're calling a play where Grant Smith takes it out of bounds, throws it to Evan at half court, yes. and we call a timeout. Yes. But then the free throw went in, and Evan Maxwell took the ball out of bounds <laughs> and threw it into Grant Smith, and we we're just like, "All right, well, we don't we don't know what's going to happen next." Yeah, and so I think yeah, that's what it was. And, and Grant got the ball and started dribbling, and I was like, "Well, we can't really do anything now, and so might as well just go." And so I, I uh, at that point, I was like, "Okay, Grant's just going to you know race down and do what he does and get fouled and go to the free throw line." And so you know, I, I ran down and ran down to the corner ball side. Um, and just said, I'll space, you know, hopefully my man will hug me and he has a nice lane. Um, but his, <laughs> he started dribbling more towards me than anything. And so I was like, okay, this is, you know, when he dribbles at us, I'll lift up. Um, and then he'll probably just sneak by and go to the rim. And, and then Grant put his head down and just dropped the ball right there for me. And at that point, I didn't really have much time to think. And I just, you know, without hesitation, just pulled up and shot it. And, um, yeah, I, I think looking back, it was just realizing like I didn't need to hesitate because time was winding down and I had taken that shot thousands of times and um, I was confident in it and figured that this was going to be one of the best looks we get. And if I hesitate, um, you know, who knows if we'd even be able to get a shot up. And so he dropped that ball there for me and I, and I pulled it and midway through the air, I, I thought to my head, like, that looks pretty good. Um, and then sure enough, the ball went in and and man, it, it was pretty special. <laughs> it was one of the wildest post-game celebrations I can remember. I, the place erupted, court storm. Um, it, it was insane. So, w what was your memory of that moment, hitting that shot? What happened next? I just remember it, it when I saw the shot go in, and I heard the horn go off. I, I didn't even know what to feel. You know, so many things were going through my head. But then again, at the same time, like nothing was going through my head, and. You know, I just remember Kyle coming up and, and celebrating with me and and just like a ton of people, you know, storming the court and, you know, to never have a situation like that happen before and to happen in, in a moment like that was, was crazy. Um, but, man, it, it just was, I think, looking at it now, it was just like a huge sigh of relief for me. Um, I think it was just such an incredible reminder of, um, you know, showing that when you have a performance-based identity, you get results like what happened in the Goshen game. But when you're pursuing Christ and when you know where your identity is and it's not in the game you play, but rather it's, um, you know, in the God that we serve, then 
you know, it's just crazy how things happen. And, um, yeah, it was so much fun. And to be able to have a moment like that was, was really cool. And what was, what was fun as a coach, uh, remember talking about this as a staff afterwards, every single guy was like, man, Kanan deserved that shot because of how much time he's put in. And it's true you've put in that time, but to see this perfect marriage of someone working really hard, but then just being fearless in a big moment. Coach Tonegal always says greatness favors the fearless. And that played out in that moment and it created a memory that I think everyone in that gym will hold on to for a long time. On our next episode, we're going to be talking about legacy and the potential impact of a leader over the course of a long period of time when he makes I Am Third a priority. You'll hear from an I Am Third coach, Phil Bolier, about how his coaching journey years ago tied into when Ernie Johnson from TNT made a trip to Indiana Wesleyan this season. See you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Pursuit. If you were challenged to grow from this podcast, please rate or review us on your podcast platform or share with those you know as it helps multiply the impact. If you have a question you would like to ask IWU Hoops on a future episode, hashtag AskIWUHoops or email jeff.clark at indwes.edu. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Hoops. Join us next time right here on The Pursuit. And remember, if you want to be first, first find a way to be third.